Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Everybody, it's Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, and you're listening to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. It's out in the night out. You're tuning in to Wrestle Talk. 657-383-1521. We'll be discussing WWE, NXT, Lucha Underground, ROH, Fantasy Wrestling, and we'll have some of the best damn interviews professional and independent wrestling that you've ever heard. And I'm Joe Lance. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle your seatbelts, keep your arms in the vehicle at all times. Wrestle Talk begins in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Enjoy the ride. fans and family, Nightmare Jones here once again, battling a uh, a nasty head cold, but that's okay, the show must go on, it's going to be an amazing, amazing show, we got the Hot Spot segment, the Shoot and Shout segment, the Wrestling Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge, the Fantasy Wrestling segment, the Snippets of Truth segment, and that's not enough, we have Hall of Famer. Hacksaw Jim Duggan coming on to the show tonight, and Tamaya Greenlee from Collar and Elbow coming on to the show. It is going to be absolutely amazing. Let's go ahead and do what what we always do and get our the man that needs no introduction, the Night Owl. It's been a good. 
it, it has been a, a a very good past couple of days. I was at a uh, a wrestling show on uh, Saturday, and uh, we had a un- unfortunate accident happen. Uh, I'll, I'll get into that during the uh, the, the the high spot segment. Uh, but yeah, uh, other than that, it's been a a really good uh, past couple of days, and, and I'm ready for uh, Thanksgiving tomorrow and eating all that that turkey and. And then passing out because of having a food coma. Hey, you know what? I love that, bro. And I know everybody's excited about the holiday. Uh, For those that don't celebrate Thanksgiving, we still love you. And I'm sure you're going to enjoy your day off either way. Uh, What I do want to do for today, what's up, Larry? What's up, John? Uh, Thank you guys all for being here. Please tap the thumbs up and the hearts and shares. All that stuff means everything to us, man, please. Um, The theme of today's show is going to be turkey. And I want to know from the Wrestle Talk Podcast family, okay, and, and I know one of you guys will do me a huge favor and type this out, who do you think the biggest turkey in professional wrestling is today and why? If you can call in, it doesn't matter what time of the show, if you can call in and give us a passionate explanation as to who you think the biggest turkey in professional wrestling is, past, present, and maybe even future, you, you will be the proud owner of a brand new Wrestle Talk Podcast mug, absolutely free, courtesy of the Wrestle Talk Podcast with Joe and Renee. So all you gotta do is bring the heat. I know you guys all cut promos in your bathroom when you're out of the shower. You're like, let me tell you something, brother. So you gotta you harness that energy, Jonesy. Bring it to the WTP. Win yourself a mug. You can't beat that. That's a twenty dollar value, absolutely free. All you gotta do is call in and dial that number. I'm gonna type it out for my YouTube folks. If my Facebook folks could type it out for me, the number is 657-383-1521 to join in. Boom. That'll run throughout the remainder of the show. And listen, we're not just giving to give it away to give it away. We actually want somebody to come in with that fire. Bring the fire and we'll do the damn thing, Jonesy. What do you think about that? Absolutely. Bring that fire. We want to know who you think is the biggest turkey in professional wrestling, past, present, or future. That's right. Well, listen, Joe, I know we got to get into the high spot segment. Let me thank a couple of very special people. Uh, first off, uh, Retrocade at the Oak Park Boss, our newest <laughs> sponsor. They're absolutely killing it up there. Uh, they are, they're our newest partner, and you know what? We've uh, developed a great relationship with those guys. Lots of vintage toys, arcades in, uh, like, stand-up arcades, right? Like, the ones that, uh, that we were all used to from when we were kids. They have, like, seven to ten of them inside the shop that you can play while you're shopping. All sorts of vintage toys. And per the recommendations of the WrestleTalk podcast, Scott and, and, Derek and the boys over there are stocking up on their pro wrestling merchandise. Whether you're looking for action figures, magazines, movies, DVDs, VHSs, they got it all over there. Retro Cave. Again, guys, everything combat. I got to say it every single show. Jay Hollywood, Pat Milicic, they're doing huge things. The Conspiracy Farm has absolutely been on fire, and I could not be any happier to be in partnership with my boy Jay Hollywood and everything they got going on over there. And, of course, Jonesy, you know, we talked about the mugs just a second ago. Uh, we would not be able to make these and keep them affordable and beautiful the way that they are if it were not for our friends over at Rath Bums Engraving and also Watermy, Kansas, customizing all the Wrestle Talk podcast mugs since 2019. That's my spiel as far as the sponsors, man. Is it about that time to get into Carl Lewis or what, Jonesy? 
Absolutely. Let's let's go ahead and do it. You know what to do, Renee. That's right, everybody. We ask you to respectfully remove your caps, place your hands over your hearts, especially today, because Hacksaw Jim Duggan is going to be here in about 20 minutes. Take your hands, uh, take your your hat off your head, place your hands over your hearts as we pay homage to the greatest country on God's green earth, and that's America, damn it. Oh, 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 say can you see and the rocket red flag? Uh-oh. I'll make up for it now. For the land of the free. Personally, 
am quite frustrated that this continues to happen. Now, I'm going to preface my whole argument um, by saying that I do not know the facts. I was not in the room. I didn't know what the intentions of Corey were. I don't know exactly what Mauro Ronaldo's condition is. But what I will tell you is that we live in a culture of glorifying victimization. There are people who are truly victims, people who are truly suffering, people who are truly depressed and with anxiety, and there are people who have discovered that it's a hot-button issue that they can use as a crutch. And it's quite frustrating to me because I personally have some very close family members, Jonesy, you know who I'm talking about, that actually deal that actually deal with this issue. That is a big, big problem. And if there are people out there, I'm not saying that Morrow is. I'm going to repeat that. I'm not saying that Morrow is. But you have to be able to protect yourself. It's night with a K, Big T. I still love you, but it's night with a K. Um, there are people that we all know that use it as a weapon. They, they weaponize victimhood. And when I look at a guy like Mauro Ronaldo, there's no question that he's extremely talented. But the tweets that Corey Graves put out were accurate. He talked over and basically dominated the whole NXT Workings pay-per-view. And as a commentator myself, nowhere near the level of Beth Phoenix or Nigel or, or him, I know what it feels like when you're trying to get in rhythm and somebody that you're working with won't allow you to do that. So I think if there's anybody who should have a gripe here, it's them. Because despite how Corey Graves presented it, Joe, he's accurate. And, 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 and let's just say this, because I know a lot of guys that are very reputable. Uh, shout out to Derek Neal for being here, man. Big fans of yours. You know that, Bobby. I know a lot of people that are reputable in this business, and one of the first things that they tell the young lines, the trainees, is, hey, the professional wrestling business is tough. It's tougher on your mind than it is on your body if you're not careful. So Mauro Ronaldo knows the environment that he lives in. He knows that people on social media are going to be judgmental towards him. As a matter of fact, it's SmackDown versus Raw versus NXT. So what better weekend for Corey Graves to throw shade than Survivor Series uh-huh. weekend when it's brand versus brand versus brand? There may be a lot more to this story that we don't know, but I thought it was a good opportunity to capitalize that we know that there are people who are really suffering out there, and my love goes to you. My prayers go out to you. But there is people out here faking, Joe, and I'm sick of this victim nonsense. And I'd say, I'm not going to put a percentage on it, but I'd say there's a decent amount of people who have started to weaponize victimhood. And instead of acting like a 50-year-old man, that just heard another 30-year-old man, okay, talk trash to him and brush it off, right? Because Marl loves using hip-hop quotes, right? Brush that dirt off your shoulder, right? Like, bro, why do you give a shit what Corey Graves is saying? And this is my ultimate argument, right? And then I'll, we'll let some of the callers get on because I see a couple of people itching to get on. Um, if Marl Ronaldo was broke and he had no money, and every single paycheck counted, like every single person watching the show right now, 
and listening to it on the replay later in the week. You're not going to take a mental health day if you know that if you miss a day at work, you're not going to have groceries on the table for your family. I'm sorry. Mar Ronaldo and people uh, 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 that use it as a weapon, they do not understand that we cannot afford to take a mental health day because if we take a mental health day, that means our kids don't eat. And those relatives that I li- that, 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 that are around me, they get up and go to work, even if somebody says something mean to them. They could be criticized, chastised, kicked, punched, whatever. We still got to go put food on the table. But you know what? You got first world problems because you got that UFC money, right? You got that WWE money, right? And people are already real sympathetic towards you, right? So, oh, he said something mean about me, so uh, I just need to, like, really, you know, go, like, you know, meditate and, 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 and center myself and, you know, do, you know, take care of me first. There is a time and place for that. But you know what they call that? Where I work, Josie, they call that a no-call, no-show. Where's your doctor's note? If Marlon Ronaldo didn't go to a psychiatric clinic because it was that bad, then I think he's full of shit. That's just my opinion. I love Marlon Ronaldo. I, I could never even be in the same sphere as him as a commentator in professional wrestling. But I'm calling a spade a spade because there's a lot of pussies out here, bro. I'm sorry. I know that. This is, you know, sometimes it's a family show, sometimes it's not. But what the hell is going on with people, bro? Everybody wants to take a day off because their feelings are hurt. Man, a lot of people couldn't even be in our little silly fantasy group because their feelings would be so hurt, Joe, that they wouldn't make it a week. That's professional wrestling. It's a highly competitive industry where people are going to talk shit. And if you're not prepared for that, then go work in a mine somewhere. That's just my, that, that was just my thoughts. And again, I'm only using that as an example. I don't know all the facts. Because I know somebody's probably like, oh, Renee, you talking shit. You don't even know really what happened. You haven't heard both sides of the story. I know that. I, I know all of that. I'm admitting that. But I'm saying, like, bro, really? That's, that's what we come to? And we all know somebody like that, Joe. We all know somebody who uses, you know, those, those, those triggers. As a crutch, and I see it all the time, and it pisses me off because you know what? Ain't nothing wrong with a little masculinity. Ain't nothing wrong with a little facial hair. Ain't nothing wrong with putting a little bass in your voice. Ain't nothing wrong with whooping your kids when they deserve it. Ain't nothing wrong with it, man. And people are trying to make it seem like stuff that was like that back in the day is no longer acceptable. I'm like, man, we're Americans, man. We we got a, a certain way that we that we raise our kids and. You know, we got a certain way, and people's, everybody's trying to change that, Joe. I, I don't understand that. I love everybody, bro. I'm not discriminating against anybody, but I'm going to say it one more time. We all know somebody that uses it as a weapon, as a crutch, as an excuse to not be successful, and I'm tired of it because we all know that our own worst enemy is ourselves. We got to step up. We got to grow a little bit of thick skin and stop acting like six-year-olds that cry every time somebody calls us a boogerhead or something. <laughs> it just it, We got to be over that, man. We're men. What are we teaching our boys out here? You can just run to the teacher every time somebody says something mean to you every day? Come on, bro. Enough of that. Enough of that. Well, listen, those are just the thoughts of the night out. I know we're going to get some callers on it. Joe, you your passion. Well, don't have to agree with me. 
me, brother, but I got to get your thoughts, man, because as you can see, I'm very passionate about this subject. Oh, I, I, I absolutely agree. Um, nobody really knows, you know, how how serious that it 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 it, it was, and you know, I, I'm I'm sure that Mario is is, is going to come back, and you know, it, the whole incident will be swept underneath neat uh, of the rug, but uh, we 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 will go ahead and move Josie, on. And if you want to call in and talk about this, six five seven three eight three one five two one. That's six five three six five seven three eight three one five two one. Uh, something else I wanted to talk about was something that that uh, that uh, that happened uh, recently in in my area. Um, I was at a okay. wrestling show and. They were having a battle royal, and one of the guys, uh, Chucky Manson, ended up taking a back elbow to the throat. And he, he ended up having to go to the hospital. He had to be, be taken to uh, another hospital because he has a fractured colic's, uh windpipe. He, he fractured his windpipe. Uh, so, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to Chucky Manson and just... You know, when you get into the ring, guys, you got to make sure that you're careful. You know, the guy that, that that did it, you know, he apologized, and it was a complete accident. But when you get into the ring, you got to be careful because the littlest thing can seriously end somebody. Like, I mean, who would thought that a back elbow would literally break somebody's windpipe and send them to the hospital for four days? You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, safety should always be the number one priority of every promotion. And, and I can tell you, I'm not going to name any names. It's your, as much as I would, uh, I would imagine that some of the listeners uh, would love to hear me mention some names. I've been to some shows in the last couple of years where I could hear fans, um, parents in particular, um, telling their kids, we're not coming back to this. It's not safe. We're not coming back here. It's not safe. Now, a lot of it has to do with some of the shenanigans that go on outside the squared circle. But, you know, when you talk about injuries that happen inside the ring, of course there's just always those, you know, those unexpected, you know, everybody did everything they were supposed to do the right way, and then an accident happened. Uh, I'll give you an example. If you remember, and it might even be more than two years ago, uh, El Perro Aguayo Jr. The situation with El Perro Aguayo where he ended up uh, unfortunately passing away during a match that also involved the new United States champion, Rey Mysterio. In that situation, yeah. Jonesy, you can't say it was because of a lack of training. So I think when people attribute injuries, they always say, oh, those guys, they weren't properly trained. They weren't properly No, nah, man, you know what? Sometimes shit just happens, right? Like uh, Forrest Gump used to say, right? <laughs> well, he didn't say it was on the T-shirt, but you get what I'm saying? So I think that in this situation, and you were there and I wasn't, do you feel like it was negligence or do you feel like it was like an accident? Because those are two very distinct things with both of them, obviously, with unfortunate outcomes. Oh, it, it, it was completely a a uh accident like like it, it it was definitely not negligence it was definitely a uh a uh, accident and like, like i said you know the guy he he apologized there there was no heat for the guy whatsoever so you know it's just you know 
you know, my thing is, is that if you go get into the wrestling ring, you got to make sure that you're, 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 you're doing things safe. You know, accidents happen. Uh, you you, you got to make sure that, that you're protecting yourself and you're protecting everybody else. And I have another word of advice to professional wrestlers. And, What's that? And, and you may, may uh, 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 attest to, to this or not. If you are a professional wrestler and if you decide to hook up with one of the fans in the wrestling show, make sure you know what you're doing because it can turn really, really bad, really, really, really quick. Make sure that you know what you're doing because it can really turn bad. We had an incident recently and the guy's been, you know, been being stalked and all this other crazy stuff. So just make sure that you know what you're getting yourself into if you decide to hook up with one of the wrestling fans. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you you want to expand upon that at all? That you got me all interested, bro. <laughs> all right. So basically, uh, in in a local promotion, one of the the guys uh, hooked up with one of the girls that was a manager at the last show, and things went downhill, you know, uh, to the point that she said that she was pregnant and Uh-oh. that she was going to take court <laughs> and, and all this, this other stuff. And the whole thing is this. If he had talked to any of the other wrestlers about this lady, they all would have told him the same thing. Stay the hell away from her because she has tried this with multiple other wrestlers multiple times. Hey, hey Joe, hey, Joe, let me, let me ask you a question, Joe. Let me ask you a question. Um, so I think there's a name for people like that in the professional wrestling business, right? Like people that hang out with the intention of like hooking up with talent. Oh, yeah. Can, can you tell the fans it's, that maybe aren't aware of what that, it's, uh, it's, that it's called a ring rat. It's called a ring rat. What do they call it? Like, <laughs> literally, it is called No, ring. no, no, no. <laughs> and what I can guarantee you, if you ever had New Jack... On this podcast, and we asked him about about ring rats, he could probably tell you some absolutely insane stories. But anyways, uh, what do you got for us when they? Do we really want to go? Do we really want to go in that direction, bro? I mean, seriously. (laughs) Jeez Louise, man. Uh, Maybe that'll be for a rated R edition, though, because based on some of the stuff I said earlier on in the show, I'm not so sure this show isn't already going to get a rated R rating. Uh, but it is what it is, bro. It doesn't necessarily uh, bother me. I just <laughs> – it's very true. There's a lot of things that happen in the professional wrestling business uh, that I think maybe are a little bit on the shady side, and ring rats are definitely one of them. Maybe we'll do like a like a two-hour ring rat special and have a couple of them on. Oh, and, you know, maybe not. Maybe. <laughs> I'm just joking, joking. I'm just joking. Uh, let me tell you uh, uh, something, uh, and I'm sorry, I know there's a couple of you guys that are trying to get on. We just want to make sure we throw all these topics out before we start bringing on any callers. So here is something that I was very interested in. Um, this weekend was such a phenomenal weekend in the world of professional wrestling um, on the highest level, Right. Like, you can always make the debate that the NXT shows are better than the WWE shows. I don't know if that's necessarily the case this weekend because I thought Survivor Series was actually pretty damn good. Joe, was there any particular moment about this weekend 
that you're going to take away from you maybe a year from now, three years from now, and look at Survivor Series weekend 2019 and be like, wow, that was something that stuck with me. Because for me, it was two things. Uh, one, seeing Tommaso Ciampa back in half the time that he was scheduled to come back, doing some of the stuff that he was doing. I'm a big Tommaso Ciampa fan. So that's going to stick with me. And then also the women in their War Games match, particularly Io Shirai and some of the things that she did, man. Like, I just, I just can't stop, you know, patting people on the back when I see them do extraordinary things. And they absolutely are doing extraordinary things. Okay. And, you know, when you take a look, you take a look back at this week, it was riddled with a lot of this stuff about Morrow, and it was riddled with the Jim Cornette stuff from earlier in the week about the, uh, you know, uh, say he said something to, about Trevor Murdoch, you know, taking a motor scooter across Ethiopia with a bucket of chicken and being able to survive. And then Jim Ross got some criticism about uh, a handcuff comment that he made about uh, Santana, right, about Santana and Ortiz. So though we could continue to talk about the negative stuff, I think there was a lot of positive stuff. And you know what didn't make my list? CM Punk on the backstage thing. I really don't particularly give a shit. All I'm saying, all I'm saying is it was a great Survivor Series weekend, and I want to know, Josie, you and the callers, of course, guys, 657-383-1521. What was one moment from this pro wrestling weekend that you will take with you and you will remember in a positive light? What is that one thing for you, Josie? Oh, my goodness. Um, For me... Uh, it was the uh, Adam Cole against, uh, oh crap, the, the Adam Cole Dunn. match at the Adam Cole match at Survivor Series against oh, Pete Dunn. When when Pete Dunn did that backflip, and Adam Cole hit him with the super kick while he was upside down, that was freaking amazing. Oh wow! Well, you know what? I'm gonna be honest with you, bro. I actually have not made it through. Uh, Survivor Series yet, and I don't uh, mind if you guys want to share some spoilers. I mean, it is it is what it is. Um, you know, I know we're already a couple of days out of uh, Survivor Series, and people are already starting starting to talk about Starcade. Uh, but you know what, bro? I'm anxious to see it. I just wanted to make sure that I stayed caught up on Power. I wanted to make sure I watched Dark because the AAA Championship was defended, and um, uh, I wanted to make sure. What was it? And the NXT special. I wanted to make sure that I stayed caught up on all those things. So I'm, by the end of the holiday, this, this, you know, Thanksgiving being tomorrow, of course, um, I want to make sure that I kind of did things in chronological order. Uh, that said, guys, we are still hoping to hear from you guys in regards to the biggest turkey, which we will be rewarding the person that calls in and cuts the best promo with a free WrestleTalk podcast mug. All you gotta, all you gotta do is tell us who you think the biggest turkey in professional wrestling is, either past, present, or potentially is going to be the biggest turkey in professional wrestling in the future. One more time, the number is 657-383-1521. What else you got for us, Jonesy? Oh, my goodness. You know, there there, there's just, there, there, there was just, just so much stuff that, that uh, we could talk about. Uh, I did watch the uh, latest episode of uh, NWA Power, and oh my goodness, I I, I am actually lutely loving NWA Power. I mean, you got Melina is 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 back. You got Marty Bell. You got the 
Thunder Rosa. You've got Aaron Stevens and my favorite wrestler from NWA Power, The Question, Karate. Dude, I love it. <laughs> how did I know? How did I know you were gonna love him? How did I know it? Like it's just all that the guy says is karate, and that that that's it. And we all know that eventually he's gonna get beat, and he's probably gonna end up being unmasked, and it's gonna be some guy that 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 we've known for a long, long time. And it's it's, you it's NWA is awesome, and this episode makes me want to get the NWA uh, pay per view that they've got coming up. Uh, you know, it, it's 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 really really good stuff, man. <clears throat> well, you know what? I love the NWA, and I think they're doing some pretty spectacular stuff. Uh, for those of you guys that are checking me out on the uh, on the, the Facebook. Um, you guys will have to excuse me because I am shooting a message over to Hacksaw Jim Duggan um, just to make sure that he's okay uh, to, to join us uh, as he's scheduled to do here and uh, in a couple of moments. So uh, I may go back and forth. So if you guys are having some connectivity issues, don't worry about it. Just go over to the YouTube channel. No interruptions over on the YouTube channel. Um, but I am using my uh, iPhone XR as a secondary camera to run on Facebook Live. So I need to make sure that I use that to be able to keep in touch with him. So if you guys want an interrupted, uninterrupted broadcast, make sure you jump over to the YouTube channel where the stream will be continuous with no interruptions. Now, Joe, here's another quick thing that I was kind of interested in. Um, there has been a lot said about this whole Rusev and Lana gimmick with Bobby Lashley in the whole nine. And about 24 yeah. hours ago, uh, it was announced that Lana just re-signed a five-year deal with WWE. So here's my question to you before we get into a couple of things locally. Do you think, after having put up with this angle now for close to two months, do you think it's finally starting to get over? Because I have mixed emotions about this deal. Uh, part of me is happy to see Rusev back on TV. Part of me is, is happy to see Bobby Lashley showing some semblance of a personality. And I think Lana's always been great on the microphone. But this angle has been very uncomfortable. The question is, did they succeed with what they originally had planned on doing? And that's helping all three of these garner attention from an audience that typically would be very lukewarm on at least two of them. Do you think they've accomplished what they meant to accomplish, Jonesy, or not? Yes. Uh, I I think that, that they did accomplish what they have, have wanted to accomplish because every week we have people talking about Bobby Lashley, about Rusev, and about Lana, and every week, I at least me, I tune in to see what they're going to do next, what's going to happen next. And, so they you got know, you. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. They got you, didn't they, Joe? So I I believe that it it, it has definitely worked out for Rusev, Lana, and Bobby Lashley because in the long run, whether you like it or not, they are getting exposure that they would not be getting if they did not, but they were not running this angle. 
If they were not running this angle, you wouldn't be seeing L- L- Lana, you wouldn't be seeing Rusev, and you wouldn't be seeing Bobby Lashley. Yeah, and you know what? What I always find highly entertaining is, you know, folks that'll make the argument, well, yeah, you know, like, uh, I love seeing them on TV, but they could have done a much better job, like, you know, doing something with them. And, you know, I like to ask myself, I'm like, okay, genius, well, what would you have done? Because everybody seems to be into fantasy booking these days and poo-pooing about what's on TV. I hear people fussing and complaining about even stuff that's going on in their local promotion as if they were booking geniuses and could do a much better job. And my thing is, like, what would you do different? Don't just tell me that what you're watching sucks. Tell me something constructive, going back to the kind of the earlier theme that we, that we laid out, where people tend to be negative, but because it's much easier to do that, right? It's much easier to point out the stuff that's not right than point out the stuff that's right. We try not to do that here on the Wrestle Talk Podcast. But, bro, you're right. It's working, Jonesy. People are tuning in, and as cringy as it is, it's paying off. And you know what? I personally felt uncomfortable with the angle. It's not something that I would want to put in front of my children, but I am happy for them that it's actually working and paying off. And Rusev going to jail and getting arrested in the whole night, I thought that was awesome. Rusev was passionate. He was on fire. It reminded me of when Rusev first debuted. He was just such a monster. And uh, I'd love to see more of that. I just hope that eventually they transition out of this and allow Rusev to actually start competing, uh, you know, for championships again because I think he's very capable. He's very charismatic, and I think he's underrated on the microphone, Joe. Uh, Those are just my thoughts. Absolutely. You know, and then it goes back to what I have always been, what I've been saying for quite some time. It doesn't matter what happens. People are going to find something to complain about. <coughs> um, Survivor Series was absolutely amazing. They gave us some amazing... Okay, Josie, match. I got some news. Time out. What? Uh, I got some news. So, we are going to be having Jim on, but he's not been able to call in. So, what we're going to do is we're going to call him. So, why don't you go ahead and put yourself back in the queue... Uh, I got the uh, I got intern Timmy sending you the number, and we're gonna go ahead and call Hacksaw because he's been having some issues getting through to us. So let's go ahead and get that done, and uh, and we'll keep the conversation here going with uh, the members of the Wrestle Talk family. Now I will tell you guys, when Jim comes on, we're not gonna be selfish. We want you guys um, to kind of take the lead in on the interview. So if you call in now, and we're going to do this at first come, first serve. So if you guys dial that number, 657-383, in the order that you called in, we're going to let you come on and talk to Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I was talking to a good friend of mine earlier, uh, and she was telling me that, you know, 25 years ago she met Hacksaw Hacksaw Jim Duggan, took a picture with him, nicest guy in the whole wide world, and uh, 25 years later she's getting an opportunity to talk to Hacksaw for a couple of minutes if she dials that number and calls into episode 274 of the Wrestle Talk podcast tonight. So, guys, if you've always wanted an opportunity to spend just a couple of moments talking to a WWE Hall of Famer, your opportunity is going to be here in just a matter of moments. But, again, it is first come, 
first serve when it comes to who we're going to get on the line with the legendary Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I know you guys are fired up just the way that we are. We're going to go ahead and plug and plug him in and get him connected, and it's going to be absolutely incredible, guys. And, you know, as we um, are waiting for that to happen, um, I also wanted to take a moment uh, to congratulate a couple of local promotions here in the Kansas City area. Um, Journey Pro Wrestling had their second biggest attendance in their uh, in the year that they've been running. Uh, they were extremely, extremely, extremely well supported this past Thursday. Huge congratulations to them. Um, KCXW this past Saturday uh, that I was a part of was probably the funnest show that I've ever done. Uh, KCXW Excellence 2019, our first ever trans women's champion in the in, in the state of Missouri was crowned at Excellence 2019. Very proud of you, Lavender Sky. Very proud of my boy, Jay Savage, who finally was able to reclaim his KCXW Metropolitan Championship. It's something that I've just been so, so anxious to see him uh, do because he's one of those kids that does it right. He has integrity. He, he, he works hard. Uh, he, he respects the tradition of professional wrestling. And you know what? And this may be a little silly, and some of you guys may poke fun at me, but I think he, he's a young version of the WWE Hall of Famer, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and, and those are high praises because the fans absolutely love them some Jay Savage on a, of course, on a, on a local level, the way that the fans love them themselves a little bit of Hacksaw Jim Duggan. So, guys, it's just a matter of moments. I see us getting things queued up here uh, in, the, uh, in the queue. So it's just a matter of moments before we go ahead and bring him on. And I'll tell you guys what. Um, personally, some of the stories that I've been able to hear, uh, his battles against Andre the Giant, uh, his battles with Hogan, uh, you know, the stories that he's told about Haku. Uh, obviously, everybody remembers, right, like when the WWE Network first came out, what was the best part of the WWE Network? It was Legends House. And what was the best part of Legends House? It was Rowdy Roddy Piper and Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I mean, there was nothing better than getting those two guys in a house together and getting and allowing us to see them be who they are, not just inside the squared circle, mind you, but who they are as people, what their core values are, uh, um, how they, they still absolutely have a tremendous amount of respect for the sport. And, you know, when, when I think about growing up myself, you know, in the, in the uh, mid-'80s, early-'90s, into the mid-'90s as a professional wrestling fan, uh, it was something uh, that meant a lot to me, especially when you had a guy who was genuinely – who was genuinely over with the fans. It wasn't forced. It wasn't just, you know, because the company had decided that he was the guy that everybody was going to cheer for. No, 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 no. He did it organically, and he was a badass dude, and he was absolutely huge. And everybody just absolutely loved Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And to this day, you hear, woo! But whenever you hear, woo! You always hear, oh! <laughs> As well, man. And, and that makes me extremely excited when we think about the opportunity that we have right now uh, to talk to a guy like Hacksaw Jim Duggan. So uh, in the meantime, 
we're going to go ahead and bring on uh, the, the, the young lady that I mentioned a little bit earlier who actually had an encounter uh, at a show with Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and we're going to let her come on as I make another attempt to reach out to Jim. We did speak a little bit earlier, so I don't know exactly what the mix-up is here, but we will have him on. Susie, I'm going to go ahead and bring you on and let us tell you your uh, favorite Hackstar Jim Duggan story and maybe even a little bit about when you personally got a chance to meet him. Oh, man, it was, you know, it was really awesome. The night that I met him, I actually, because I had worked at a cable company, and we had um, backstage tickets from the WCW people to go to an autograph signing. And he was back there, and me and my brother John, we actually got to meet a lot of them back there that night. Uh, we got to go up to the skybox and sit with a guy they called The Wall back then. Really great guy. Um, but my all-time favorite moment was at that moment that I got to meet Hacksaw Jim Duggan. He was just awesome. He kept hugging me and kissing me, and he was just great. He was awesome. And he was like, he made me feel at that moment like I was the most important fan around. And he was just awesome. And I, I loved him so much. And he stood there talking to me and John for like, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes. And he just talked with us and, you know, gave John a hard time, you know. You know hey, what's up with you, tough guy? And, you know, he just, it was awesome. We had a great time with him. And he was he was a great guy. Well, I absolutely love that. And, and you know, uh, I've had the opportunity in the past of running into some very, very awesome legends. Uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase, uh, the late great Harley Race, uh, Honky Talk Man Jim Cornette, uh, Demolition. And you know what I found? For whatever reason, the legends seem to be a lot more willing and open to take a few minutes to talk to the fans that are there to see them than some of the younger talents. And I'm not really sure why that is. And, of course, maturity plays a big part in everything, right? But why is that? Why is it that when we run into, and I'm not going to mention any names as far as the younger talent that maybe aren't as open and as willing to interact and engage with the fans, maybe it's lack of confidence. I don't know. But whenever I go to these shows, Susie, and I talk to these, these legends, they never seem to be in a hurry. They're just happy to be there and happy that people care about them. And, and another guy that comes to mind that I absolutely love is uh, the Rock and Roll Express and Ricky Morton. Uh, I've seen him now on two separate occasions, and he's been a class act each and every single time. He never turns a fan away, always makes that eye contact, always is willing to rock and roll, rock and roll over and over and over oh, yeah. until the fans are content. And I don't know if that's just something that I've observed on my own. Is that something that you think has some – some merit to it, or um, or am I totally losing my marbles here? No, you're, you're right. And as a matter of fact, I just recently, not a couple months ago, met Ricky Morton at an independent show here in town he was at. And during his match, he actually threw his wristband to me. And he was a really sweetheart. He was a real sweetheart. Now, uh, a few years ago, I met HBK. And the time I met HBK, he was a jerk. I mean, he was a total jerk that night. And then a few years later, you know, a, few, a friend of mine ran into him and said he was the nicest guy you'd ever meet. But, I mean, it was like 10 years difference between the time I met him and he was a jerk and the time my friend met him and said he was really nice. So, I mean, I think you're right. I think maturity is part of it. And, you know, I met The Undertaker many years ago, and um, 
I kind of bucked up to him. He he made me mad, and I bucked up to him. And John was standing near me, and at that point, John walked off and told everybody he didn't know me because I was standing there fussing at the Undertaker. But you know, it's it's what you said. You know, the more mature they get, the more they understand the fans are their are their paycheck. And once they realize that, and once they have been in it a while, and they learn to understand the fans, then they start, you know, getting to where they give the fans a little time. But when they're younger, no. When they first start out, no. They can be jerks. All right, Josie, why don't you jump back in here with Susie with any final thoughts or questions you have for her? I'm actually going to call the man himself right now. <laughs> Absolutely. So I do have, 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 have a question, Susie. And, and, and I know that you have a story of uh, that in, in, involves Kevin Nash. Uh, can can you tell us about this this story, Susie? Oh my God! Um, <laughs> well, I mean, there was a time when, um, as I said, I worked for a local cable company, and we used to get tickets all the time to some of the matches. And we were in the skybox the night actually that I met Hacksaw, and um, Kevin Nash was in the building, and one of the uh, Nitro girls at that time was up in the skybox, and she had had a few drinks. And she kept telling my brother, John, you know, she said, your sister really seems to be into this stuff. I'm going to rile her up. And he told her, no, no, don't do that. Really, please don't do that. And she said, oh, no, 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 it'll be cool. It'll be cool. So she looked at me and she said, you've been yelling for Kevin Nash all night. I tell you what, we're going to move all this furniture that's in the room here out of the way. And you and I are going to wrestle. And the winner gets to go home with Kevin Nash. So I looked at her and I said, get him up here. And I picked up the end of the couch and started moving it. And she freaked out. She looked at my brother, and she was like, hey, she thinks I'm serious. She's taking this for real. Wait a minute. She, she knows I'm kidding, right? And the next thing I know, she disappeared, and I don't know where she went. But I was serious. I was going to move the furniture, and I was ready to wrestle her. I was going to go home with Kevin Nash, and that was my determination. But she oh, wow. took off before I could do it. <laughs> I wish we had that, and, you know that song, Josie, that they, they play like that,
where everything was set up. Yep. We made the phone calls. We made the contacts. We talked to the contact people. You know, jumped through all the hoops and, and did all the hard work, made the posters, advertising, and all that, and only to be disappointed. But I'm sure, and, and maybe this case is a little bit different than what happened with Sid, there's a very good chance that something happened that maybe didn't allow Jim to be here today, so we're not going to be super hard on him because ultimately we know that he's had a couple of health scares over the last couple of years. So God forbid that we start talking shit about him not making it here and we end up finding out that he had some sort of a medical emergency or family emergency like he had a couple of months ago. So he had two surgeries. It's two surgeries within 24 hours, which was something I definitely was going to ask him about because you want to talk about courage. That man is courageous to the nth degree after going through that. Susie, just in case we are able to get him on uh, here with the next couple of minutes, what was the one question that you were going to ask Hacksaw Jim Duggan? Because I know you followed his uh, career extensively and you've been a fan for a long time. If he was here, what exactly would you would have asked him? Well, first I was going to actually wish him a very happy Thanksgiving. And I wanted to thank God that he, you know, had pulled through um, in his medical crisis and, and, you know, glad he was back with us and thank him for everything he's done in wrestling and all the times that he's entertained fans and then I was going to ask him, you know, of all his matches, which one was his favorite? And, you know, what was his favorite all-time match with – and who was it with, you know? So that was kind of what I wanted to ask him. Wow. Um, all right, Susie. Well, you know what? Um, you know, there, there's always next time, I guess. Uh, this is very unfortunate. We did make a, a significant effort to try to make this happen, and – and unfortunately, um, we're letting you guys down again tonight. So I apologize. But uh, this is only the first hour of the show. We do have uh, Tamaya Greenlee that's going to be joining us here in about 35 minutes uh, on the Wrestle Talk podcast. She's the founder of Scholar, not Collar and Elbow, Scholar and Elbow. And you guys are going to learn all about it in the second hour. Uh, Sue, thank you so much for being here and supporting us as always. Uh, now, I am going to give you an opportunity because you are the first person that we bring on the line today. We are going to be awarding a Wrestle Talk podcast mug to the best promo about the biggest turkey in professional wrestling, past, present, and future. This is your time, and I know you already own a mug, but you can always give one away for Christmas. So why not give yourself another one and give it to somebody else? So who would you say? After being a fan of professional wrestling for such a long time, would you say is the biggest turkey in professional wrestling? I would have to say the Brooklyn Brawler. I mean, first of all, how many matches did he ever win? He was mostly a jobber, and he never looked like he'd ever taken a bath. I mean, he was a jobber by just no means. He was a turkey in every sense of the word. And that's not even to mention that, that what was that, that gobbledygooker guy they used to have come out at Thanksgiving every year? I mean, we aren't even talking about him yet, but, you know, that, that Brooklyn Brawler guy, I mean, it seemed like even that gobbledygooker guy, I think one time knocked him out or something. So, you know, it, it would have to be the Brooklyn Brawler. You know, he was just a joke in every way. All righty, Susie, I love that take. The Brooklyn Brawler, in your opinion, is the biggest turkey in professional wrestling, past, present, and future. Thank you so much for that insight, and uh, we'll see how it holds up in the second hour, guys. 
We're going to continue to make the effort to bring on Hacksaw. We will not give up until this show is over. Even if the two interviews in the second hour have to run adjacent to each other, I don't give a damn. We're going to keep working. We're going to be trying. Why? Because we do it for you, WrestleTalk family. We do it for you. With that said, Josie, is there anything else that we want to cover here before we go into break and come back with the world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion, the Fantasy Wrestling Worldwide Chapter? Um, I, I think that, that the one other thing that I wanted to cover before we go to a break is I want to know what your thoughts about Dakota Kai turning on Team Rhea Ripley and turning heel at uh, NXT War Games. Because she brutally destroyed Tegan Knox at War Games. I know that you saw it, Renee, and I wanted to know what your thoughts were. I did see it. And when I was talking a little bit earlier, Josie, I was kind of just, you know, you got, I don't have any notes today, guys, because I was so prepared. And just I, I had it all in my mind. Uh, the Hacksaw interview, uh, the Tamai interview, I had it all in my head. <laughs> so that was one of the things that I would have said to you guys 30 minutes ago when I was going on my rant about all the good stuff that happened. That was one of them. I've seen a lot of failed, failed attempts at heel turns. This, ladies and gentlemen, was not a failed attempt at a heel turn. It was beautifully executed by Dakota Kai. I think they picked an absolutely perfect time to do it. The gear looked fantastic, so they absolutely uh, adjusted the look to try to accommodate what they were going to be doing. So the way I look at it is like this, gang. If you're going to do something, make sure you do it with a bang. I thought it was absolutely excellent. I thought it was incredibly brutal. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. I like when the ladies get down and dirty. And, dude, I have not seen somebody get that down and dirty during a professional women's wrestling event, match, contest, or whatever, like I saw from Dakota Kai. It was straight up nasty. You know what it reminded me of? Do you remember um, – and by the way, guys, we're all on YouTube now. We're, we gave up on the Facebook because my phone, that, that's my thats my form of communication. So we're going to keep trying to get after Jim Duggan. So jump on over, and if you guys don't mind sharing that on Facebook too so everybody knows we're over here now. Um, dude, that's the kind of stuff that, that I like to see, just like what happened when Kevin Owens finally showed up in NXT and Sami Zayn won the NXT championship. You know, Kevin Owens, his best friend, his best man from his wedding, Shows up, they're they're celebrating in the ring together, and then what happens, Josie? Bam! <laughs> Kevin Owens powerbomb on the apron of the ring. It was devastating. It was shocking. Everybody, it was the talk of the pro wrestling uh, uh, Twitter verse, uh, social verse, uh, for weeks and weeks and weeks after it happened. And so when you can pull something like that off, and people are still talking about it four, five, six days later, I think mission accomplished. Personally. I would give that particular spot five out of five super kicks, dude. It was fan-freaking-tastic. I loved it, top to bottom. Absolutely. I cannot agree more. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to go to break, and we will be back in two minutes and 20 seconds with the FWWC segment.
in and tell us how their Survivor Series weekend went. And I would be remiss if we did not start with a man who had probably the biggest night out of everybody in the FWWC, La Familia's very own, our brand new, both Intercontinental and Warriors Heart Champion. That's right, folks. I'm talking about none other than Knight Mir Jones.
sincere congratulations. Listen, let me just, I want you to get this straight, and I know you can still hear me, okay? This doesn't mean that I like you, nor does it mean that everything I said before this past Sunday was not true. You come on, you talk trash, you disrespect people, but when it comes down to the moment where you have to get the job done, you had been failing for months, and you finally got it done. And you know what? I was happy for you because you did work so hard. You did, did take so much criticism, okay? But that didn't stop you. You didn't quit the group and take your ball and go home. No, you continue to battle. You continue to call in every week and make sure that people know what Night Near Jones and La Familia is all about. And I respect that. I respect that. But, man, come on. Come on. What do we need to do? Does everybody have to go out and get a Night Near Jones tattoo? You know what I'm saying? I mean, come on. Don't be ridiculous. I'm going to give you your credit to a certain point, but don't act like none of the stuff that I was saying before was true. And also don't act like you were continuously coming on to this show during this segment and interrupting callers and, and just bothering everybody who ever decided to call in. I started to, to get frustrated because people were no longer even calling in. Because if I call in, what's going to happen? Nine Year Jokes is going to interrupt me. That's what this was all about. I don't care what is going on in your crazy, deluded little head. You're the Warriors Heart Champ. I'm proud of you. I think that you had it in you the whole time. Now, if you stop bitching, moaning, and complaining, people elsewhere might actually start having that same level of respect for you. Whew. Lanyard Jones always gets me so damn worked up. Well, listen, guys, as crazy as this is going to sound, things are about to get even more strange with this next caller. This is a guy who had a very unique opportunity to compete against the Bishop for the red brand FWWC Universal Championship. And he's a man that hails from the ominous Crystal Lake. His name, Voorhees. Night Owl. Nightmare Jones. I know you can hear me. We, we can hear you, Voorhees. Why do you always pause? I mean, you're here to deliver a message. Deliver your message. I mean, let's get this over with already. I'm here to deliver a message to not only Nightmare Jones, but also to the Bishop. I'm coming for both of you. So remember, pain, bloodshed, and destruction will happen to both of you. What the hell was that? I don't think I've ever heard that tone from Voorhees before. Well, FWWC, beware. Voorhees, in the span of just a couple of weeks, won and then subsequently lost the hybrid championship, then received the opportunity of a lifetime to main event for the FWWC Red Brand, and, well, we all know how that ended. Voorhees is very upset, and I personally am grateful that I don't have to step inside the ring with the man hailing from Crystal Lake, Voorhees. Well, from one monster to another, a guy who had a little bit different luck 
at FWWC Survivor Series. A guy who I think felt underappreciated for a very long time, especially by the Blue Brand General Manager, ended up having an absolutely fantastic weekend. And he also walked out as a champion. The FWWC Blue Brand FWWC Heavyweight Champion, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time in a long time, Parkour Hoss. FWWC, how you doing tonight? Oh, come on. Come on. Hoss, we haven't heard from you in a long time, and we get the shortened version of your intro. Come on, man. You got to give us the whole intro. Give us the, everybody loves your intro. We want to hear the whole intro. Come on. F-W-W-C. How you doing tonight? Ah, yeah. <laughs> now, Hoss, you and I, obviously, you being a La Familia member, you know, we got a difference of opinion. But before you joined La Familia, we just had a great relationship. And, and I hope that that won't change because you are a La Familia member. I, like I said tonight, you're Jones, Mr. Ungrateful over there, Okay. I'm very proud of you as well because a lot of people toted you as the underdog against Tank Westbrook, who he himself did a little bit of a faction change this past weekend at the uh, the, the, the FWWC TakeOver special on Saturday. Let me get your thoughts on what happened on Saturday against the, the uh, Saviors of Funk, but then, of course, one of the highlights of your career, walking out of a big five pay-per-view as the uh, as the heavyweight champion for the Blue Brand, man, break it all down for us. We want to hear it. Well, first off, you know, just like Nightmare Jones said, I don't need your acclamation, Night Owl. You worked behind me from the get-go, and now all of a sudden you want to be behind Hardcore Haas? I don't need that. Then it's all right there in my promo waiting for you to drop. But as for Tank Westbrook, Going over to SPC, a faction that was dying, and he's oh, no help no, to no. him. No, no, he, he was in the SPC. Now he's in the SOS, just for the sake of clarity. Well, just got them both confused. They're both dying, and both neither one can oh, hold wow. a candle to La Familia, no matter what they do. And then right, he kept talking – and saying he was going to take Hardcore Haas and beat him. He was going to win. And, well, he came up a little short, didn't he? I got tired of hearing him talk, so I figured it's time for me to come on and talk as the FHC since he came up a little short. Well, no, I have to ask this question. What was the difference this weekend versus some of the other – situations and rivalries that you've been on. I mean, or, or been in, I should say, because up to this point, I know you've captured the United States Championship before, so you've had some success, but this weekend, not only did you help make sure that La Familia came out over the, uh, the Saviors of Funk on Saturday, but then you also captured the Heavyweight Championship. What Did you eat something different? Did you change your workout regimen? What is the secret to your success? I just had my brethren behind me supporting me, and they kept pushing me, 
And I was bound and determined I wasn't going to show that they were wrong. I was going to show they were right. And that's exactly what I did, showed that they backed the right horse when they backed me. Well, I, I absolutely love to hear that. And my last and truly my final question is this. I know that there was a while there where you had felt maybe a little bit disenfranchised, uh, where you were hurting and maybe ne- didn't necessarily feel like you were getting the respect uh, that you deserved on behalf of the Blue Brand general manager. Um, clearly, you did not let that stand in your way this weekend. Uh I'm curious, are those ill feelings behind you? And do you think the pressure was weighing heavy on you? Because I know you were very discontent in the weeks leading into FWWC Survivor Series. Well, as for all that, Hardcore Haas is the FHC champion, and he will step up and show what an FHC champion should be. And Nobody can deny the FHC champion, but I don't need the support of anybody else other than my brother La Familia. All right. Well, Hardcore Hoss, thank you very, very much uh, for joining us on the show today. Uh, we definitely look forward to seeing the FWC get back into action next week. Thank you, and please don't be a stranger. Have a good night. All right. All righty, folks. Well, listen, we got a couple more callers. Intern Timmy, I got a couple of callers that are unidentified. If you could check on that for me, I would really appreciate it. Uh, allow me to do this because uh, the integrity and the professionalism of the Wrestle Talk podcast, uh, I want to make sure that it goes unquestioned. So um, we don't know what's going on with Jim. Uh, we've tried many, 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 many times. If I seem a little distracted, if Joe seemed a little distracted, Forgive us. We're really, really trying to fulfill our commitment, uh, and we hope everything's okay. Um, but because, again, integrity is such a big part of what we do, when Jim was uh, uh, scheduled to join us, the reason that he was going to come on was because he is actually starting a tour on December 3rd in Cedar Falls, Iowa. Love the great state of Iowa. I know <laughs> – my man Jay Hollywood's going to love hearing me drop the name Iowa here a couple of times. So he's starting in uh, Cedar Falls on the 3rd and Fairfield on the 4th. Uh, and then on the 6th, he's in Burlington. Uh, he's going to be in Peoria at the ju- Jukebox on the 8th. Uh, Champaign, Illinois on the 9th at uh, CU Comedy. On the 10th at the Funny Bone, where our buddy Patrick, uh, Patrick Brandmeier has performed in the past. And also... Uh, Dan, I can't remember what his name is, but he's also kind of a a legendary old-school St. Louis guy. He lives in Hollywood now. He was one of the first guys, I think, back in the the Gateway days. Damn, I wish I remember his name. It's Dan something. Uh, So he's also performed there. So uh, Hacksaw will be at the the Funny Bone on the 10th in St. Louis, and then on the 11th he'll be here in Kansas City, uh, in Kansas City, Missouri, at the Improv. So, you know, regardless of what happened with Jim, uh, again, we did everything on our side that we were supposed to do. I'm not sure what happened on his end, but we still got love for him. We're still fans. And if we get an opportunity to kind of make up, do a makeup date, maybe even next week, who knows, we're going to try to do that for you guys. So there's no shame in our game. We work our asses off. If it doesn't work out, guys, 
we don't get down on ourselves. You know why? Because we did the work. And sometimes you do the work, you put your best effort forward, and stuff still doesn't work out the way that you want it to. So it is what it is. Uh, that said, we have two more callers remaining in this segment, and then we're going to transition over to our second featured guest of the evening. I guess in this case, our first featured guest of the evening, we're going to be talking to Tamaya Greenlee of Scholar and Elbow, and she's a very smart, bright young woman who is bringing uh, 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 intellect and, and uh, kind of a different, um, more educated approach to the world of professional wrestling. The insights that she brings are a little bit different than anything you guys have ever heard, and I think you guys are going to be big fans of her the way we are uh, after you get an opportunity to hear her. Uh, that said, with these two remaining callers, we're going to start off on the north side of downtown Kansas City, a little notorious neighborhood known as Columbus Park, where this man hails from. Folks, former two-time world champion in the FWWC, I'm talking about the one and only Big T, the Python. No, no, what's up, buddy? Que pasa, man, que pasa? What are you doing tonight, my man? You good? Uh, you know, yeah, a little disappointed, bro. But it, this is live hey, I'm radio disappointed and too, stuff brother. happens. So what are, you, what are you gonna do? You know, what are you gonna do? Hey, you know what though? What I love about you and Joe, you keep the show rolling, dog. Regardless, it don't matter who it is. Well, what am I supposed to do? Hey, you know, turn it off and go home and go to sleep and cry? I mean, what, we gonna, we gonna keep it moving, baby? We gonna keep it moving? Hey, you know, like you know, like Big T tells everybody. We're on a one-way ticket. We can't afford to return home, right? Yes. <laughs> I love it. Well, Big T, man, enough about us, bro. Let's talk about you. Uh, you went into a pretty highly touted uh, uh, um, uh, a matchup at Survivor Series in the FWWC. Can you give us a little bit of a recap as to what led into your match this past weekend and how things shook out for you? Well, what happened is I went in there and said everything I was going to do, and I handled my business. And you see, first and foremost, if Big T didn't have some business back in Columbus Park with the city council board Monday night, that European title would be coming back to Columbus Park. But I want to let this record be known right now that once I lay down Marcus Mayhem, I'm renaming it the Italian Championship because that's what the FWWC needs is the Italian Championship and Big T truly. So let me ask you this, Big T, and we do have another caller set to come on here before we end the segment. Um, uh, I'm losing my train of thought here. Okay, here it is. How wise do you think it is, Big T, to be challenging the man who's in charge of booking your matches? Clearly, Marcus Mayhem is the general manager of the Red Ring. Instead of going out and competing for any other championship, you decide to go for the European Championship, which, of course, is in the possession of Marcus Mayhem, okay? Do you think that's the best thing? Do you think it could potentially cause you problems in your career to be going up and challenging a guy who, in essence, is in charge of signing your paychecks and booking your matches? No, because I was under uh, the understanding when I signed on to the Red Brand, as long as I did my work, I put in my time, I could challenge for any title that I wished. Well, well, right? And everybody knows that, that's that Big fair, T, yeah. Big, no, 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 hey, no Big, Big T is not the guy to go out and demand a title shot and just say, hey, Mark, I want a universal title shot. 
because I just got on Red Brand, and quite frankly, I haven't worked my way up. So let me start with the European Championship, bring that home, and then we're going to talk after that. I'm only focused on the Italian Championship night, Al. That's all I want, and the guy owes me that. And like I said, if I didn't have some prior commitments and back here in Columbus Park this coming Monday, that title will be coming home, and can't nobody stop it, not even Marcus Mayhem. Wow. All right, Big T. Well, I love the passion. I love the intensity. Uh, we got one more caller during the FWWC segment, and then we're going to move on to our featured guest, Tamaya Greenlee. I'm very excited to talk to this young lady. She's got a lot to offer, a lot to bring to the table in the world of professional wrestling. Big T, any final thoughts from you, sir? Yes. I'd like to wish the entire FWWC universe a happy Thanksgiving. And if you're leaving or going, be safe. And it's very cold. Stay warm. Much love to every one of y'all. I'll see y'all back in FWWC ring very soon. And that Italian championship is coming back to Columbus Park. Woo! <laughs> I love the intensity. I love the passion of the members of the FWWC. Well, we are about three to five minutes away from bringing Tamaya on. I'm very, very excited. But before we get to her, we have another lady who wants to come on and bring the pain. I'm a big fan of this individual. She is our reigning, defending FWWC Women's Champion. Ladies and gentlemen, Hardcore Sis. Good evening there, Night Owl. How are you? Well, you know, all things considered, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, you know, the whole situation with Jim Duggan, so that, that's been a little tough. But, but I've gotten a couple of messages that are indicating that there was a bit of a, a bit of an emergency and that we're going to be able to kind of have a makeup date. So I'm very, very excited about that. You guys know live radio. That's how it goes sometimes. But anyway, we're not here to talk about that. We're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about you and the success that you had this past Saturday night leading La Familia into war games against SOF. Tell us all about it, please. Well, you know, first of all, SOF was SOF. <laughs> Sorry about their luck, you know. But, yeah, you said it. I, I led Team La Familia to a win at War Games, and I was very proud to have done that. But I couldn't do that without my fellow brethren. I didn't do it alone. I might have led the team, but I did it with the help of La Familia. And I was very excited that we brought on to our team the one and only Rick Maverick. And for anybody who didn't see it, you missed it. Rick Maverick came out and just, Wipe the mat. I mean, when it was all said and done, our surprise guest or our surprise member pinned, well, put the slate SOF surprise member. So we came out on top, and I'm proud to say that I captained, captained the team, but I didn't do it alone. Well, no doubt about it. And I have one last final question for you. Uh, you mentioned Rick Maverick. Uh, we all know him as a well-respected professional wrestler here in the Midwest. How is it that you guys were able to recruit him and bring him on board after losing uh, such a valuable member in uh, Richard Priest? How were you guys able to recruit Rick Maverick? I'm curious. Well, you know, El Mata has got a lot of feelers out in a lot of places. He's He's got some connections that a lot of people don't realize he knows, and he just happened to talk to Rick Maverick, and he explained the situation to him and said, you know, that Richard Priest had stepped out, and 
Drake Maverick said, you know, I'd love to come to the FWWC, and there's no place I'd rather be than in La Familia. So him and El Jefe worked out a deal, and thus Rick Maverick came to join us. You know, that's just well, because you the right. brilliance. Hey, mo, mo, hey, it was one of the moments of the weekend. A lot of fantastic things happened over the last couple of days. Uh, and, and I'll tell you, we talked about Dakota Kai. We talked about the ladies' uh, war games match. We talked a lot about incredible stuff. And, and I know it was just as exciting for you guys in the FWWC. Well, our course is we are up against it, as it is time to bring on our, uh, our featured guest of the second hour. Did you have any closing thoughts before we let you go? Just one more. And, you know, I just want to throw this out there for the ladies of the FWWC. You know, the next big pay-per-view for us is going to be TLC. And how would you ladies like to have a chance at my belt? I'd like to do a three-way match, and you ladies prove to me that you want it. And we'll do a TLC match with my belt hanging above the ring, and you've got to climb a ladder to get it. What do you say, ladies? Are you game? Because I sure am. Just kind of do whatever the hell you want. So let's get it on. Old man. <laughs> I love it. You guys heard it here first. Hardcorses issuing a challenge to the other women in the FWWC. TLC, ladder match, women's belt hanging over the ring. It would make me extremely excited to see the women competing for the top prize in that division against our current champion, Hardcorses. Well, guys, that does bring us to the end of the uh, FWWC segment. You guys keep hearing me uh, use that acronym. What it means is Fantasy Wrestling Worldwide Chapter. We like to cut out 10 or 15 minutes out of every show and shine a little bit of light on the world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion. You guys heard me say it on the front end. There's a lot of people that wish that they could be in the professional wrestling business, but for whatever reason they can, it could be a disability, uh, it, it could be finances or some other circumstance that doesn't allow them to do that. Uh, The FWWC is the next best thing. We do everything professional wrestlers do except actually get in the ring and compete. Real championships, we make picks, we have characters, we cut promos, we do everything. Hey, sometimes we even hit the road, drive across the country for some of the best watch parties you've ever been at, which, by the way, we did not have one for Survivor Series, but we will be having one at eSports and Shawnee for the Royal Rumble, and you're hearing it here first. So make sure you guys grab your tickets over at WrestleTalkPodcast.com. We're looking to pack that place out. Be will, and the gang is going to be ready for us. You know, it's a big, beautiful building with about 40 TVs, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, basically anything and everything that a wrestling fan could ever want outside of actually being at the Royal Rumble is going to be available to you right there at eSports in Shawnee, Kansas, about 10 minutes southeast of the great city of Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, all that said, Josie, I'm going to go ahead and bring you back in, brother. Let's go ahead and cue up some music for our featured guest of the second hour. Folks, this young lady is providing a different twist to the world of professional wrestling. She is the founder of Scholar and Elbow, where she's finding a very unique way of blending some sophistication in class and a little bit of education with the world of professional wrestling, kind of finding a way to merge the two in a way that we've never heard and seen before. For that reason, we're extremely excited to have the opportunity to speak to, for the very first time, Tamaya Greenlee. Enter, Timmy. Hit the music. 
Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Drew Doherty, and I am the co-founder. Hi, I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, my goodness. It is it is definitely our pleasure to, to have you on. Uh, so I, I, I guess that, that the first question is, what exactly is Scholar and Elbow, and why did you decide to uh, uh, start the Scholar and Elbow? Well, Scholar and Elbow is my first official uh, – I guess, publication endeavor into writing about professional wrestling. Um, So the idea, I would say, has started long before I ever registered the domain. Um, I've been trying to write about pro wrestling my entire life, um, starting from elementary school um, into high school. uh, And, you know, once I got into literature, I realized there are ways that I could write about professional wrestling the way that I write about literature. Um, And I've been doing that from undergrad to grad school where I did my master's and now into my PhD. Um, So Scholar and Elbow is really me taking everything that I've written about, um, all the theory that I've worked with, the ideas that I've been presenting to people within academia, um, people who don't know pro wrestling, but they get really excited about these ideas that I share with them and the passion that I have um, and putting it into a digestible blog for a wider audience of wrestling fans, non-wrestling fans, academics, non-academics, um, just people who are kind of wondering what this strange little thing um, I have going on is. Wow, that 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 definitely sounds uh, sounds really really interesting. So you've been a wrestling fan since you were a a a, a little kid. Uh, can can you tell yeah. us about watching wrestling when you were a a little kid? Like who were your your favorite wrestlers? You know, did you go to any wrestling events? Oh gosh! So I must have been about five years old when my dad would come home from the the video store because um, this was back when you know we had um, our local video rental places, um, and he would bring yeah. back in your house tapes, um, and naturally, you know. Those were the big days of Sean and Brett. Um, so Bret Hart's always been my guy, um, huge Bret Hart fan. Uh, and then growing up in the Attitude Era, um, I was glued to the TV every night. Um, and the first and really and only WWE show that I went to was the um, King and the King of the Ring, where uh, Undertaker threw Mankind off of the Hell in the Cell in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Whoa. Wow! So you were actually you were actually at that pay per view. Um, I mean, I don't know how much did you re- remember, but do you remember seeing mankind go off of that hell in a cell? Oh, definitely. Um, because for me and my brother, I, I have an older brother. That was the highlight of our young lives. Um, we we couldn't believe it 
And we always joke about it now because we, we think, and it's like, you know, we saw the biggest wrestlers of the 90s on that show. Um, and we remember so little from it. Um, but I do remember watching that because it was one of the few things we could see really well from, you know, our, our seats really high up. Um, and it's just unbelievable the more that I watch it as an adult. Wow. That is, I, I remember watching that on a, a, a TV. Uh, so I don't want to take up all of the time. So Renee, why don't you come in here with whatever questions that you have? Well, th- thank you very much, Joe. I, I very much appreciate it. Uh, Samaya, thank you for making time for us. I know between school and work and, 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 and Scholar and Elbow, you probably keep yourself pretty busy. So we, we appreciate you cutting out a little bit of time for us. Oh, anytime. I appreciate you guys wanting to talk to me. Uh, well, no, it's all good. And, and here's what I told uh, our, our publicist. I said, hey, I said, we need to get these sort of people on before they get too big. And they don't want to come on the show anymore. <laughs> like, I, like I, I very much, and I know you're, you're backstage interviews, and that's not your thing, but I think of, like, Alicia Stout, uh, who's also had a pretty, uh, you know, successful career in academia, uh, but she took that and she's like, hey, you know what, I'm going to go into professional wrestling. So uh, not to put you in the same class as her, because I know you guys do completely different things, but she's a highly intelligent young lady who knows exactly she's what incredible. she wants. And she's already Yeah, she, she's fantastic. If you've ever had an interaction with her, uh, you probably know what I'm talking about. Um, but what I wanted, I guess, to ask you first was, uh, when we have wrestlers on, we always ask about, hey, who inspired you to uh, to go into the world of professional wrestling and to go to school to be a wrestler and all that. But with you, it's a little bit different, right? Because you're, you're not actually a wrestler. You're a writer. Right. So I think about right. some of the other guys that had the, the other, the, some of the other folks that we've had the opportunity to talk to, guys like Greg Oliver, uh, guys like John mm. Cosper, who are absolutely mm. fantastic authors. Uh, Jim Cornette, yeah. another fantastic author outside mm. of what people think of him personally. What, mm. what were some of your inspirations as far as literature goes that, made you to kind of to take that turn towards uh, writing about professional wrestling? Well, for me, I've always, um, I'm, I'm a really big fan of nonfiction. Um, I'm, I study literature, um, but what I love about um, the study of literature, it's not so much the joy of reading, which um, we do have in common, but it's the joy of analysis, of learning about new things, learning more about the culture, learning about how um, texts of all different kinds fit into the world um, that it's created in um, and how it fits into the world that happens, you know, years after that text is created. Um, So for me, a huge inspiration um, has always been the journalist Lisa Ling. Um, She is a phenomenal, phenomenal journalist with what she does, um, how she investigates topics. Um, And she was very much an influence to me um, when I started to think about myself as um, a writer. Um, And she's not, you know, so much for the written content, but just the way that she approaches topics um, and the curiosity that she approaches all of her subjects with um, has definitely inspired how I've uh, taken my approach to um, studying the world around me. Um, But as for writing, I think this might sound terrible, but I feel like I'm my inspiration more than anything. (laughs) Maybe maybe you should be a wrestler. (laughs) (laughs) Because, okay, so a lot of what I do 
is me saying, I have no idea how I'm going to make this about wrestling, but watch me do it. And so a lot of it's been just me challenging myself, like, okay, how do I um, take this African-American women's lit class um, and all these texts that we've read, and how do I find a way to write about pro wrestling when absolutely nothing that we've read is about pro wrestling? And then I take one throwaway line and I write, you know, 20 pages about it. Like it's that kind of thing where it's like, you know, I believe in this topic so much and what I can do with it. I'm just going to make this a game of how can I be more creative and more, you know, justifiably outlandish with everything that I do. Well, <laughs> well, it's served you well so far. I've had the opportunity to look over a couple of your pieces, and I, I think they're extremely well written and, and, and actually surprisingly enjoyable and easy to read because you, you start hearing people talk about doctorate degrees and literature students. You're like, oh, gosh, am I going to need a dictionary yeah. when I'm sitting here reading it? <laughs> and no, right. it was actually like I thought it, I thought it was absolutely wonderful. And, and one of the things that I noticed is that uh, you, you have a, a great talent for – some of the personal stories that you tell mm. in the stuff that you've been able to put together. I know for me, uh, when we do this, this, uh, this show, there are some interviews, all interviews are fun. We always enjoy it, but there are some that are always a little bit more personal to me, especially when mm. it's something that relates back to me. Like my family immigrated here when I was young and legally, and then we went back and came back legally. Okay. So whenever I hear like, uh, we talked to Thunder Rosa, uh, Serpentine, mm. I went in wrestling. So, talking to her was kind of like I had a connection there with her because we kind of went yeah. through the same struggle and the same strife. When you talk, when you think about some of the stuff that you've already put on paper, are there any stories in particular that connect with you more than others? You know, there is something that isn't on paper yet, but it's a project that's really, really close to me right now. Um, okay. So I did an interview recently with an independent wrestler um, named Billy Dixon, um, who is absolutely incredible. And having the chance to sit down and talk, um, you know, about wrestling, about, you know, life, laughing, um, there were some moments in our conversation where, you know, all of the kind of, um, you know, smoke and mirrors of pro wrestling fades away. And, you know, you're just talking to a person. Um, and he talked about some of his struggles that deeply resonated with me as a human being. Um, and seeing that kind of connection, that whole thing where, you know, people feel like they're so far away from you, that they're so different just because of how you may see them um, presented. You know, someone I see on YouTube, someone who's wrestled with people, um, I really enjoy, really admire. Uh, but having that, you know, kind of emotional experience um, where, you know, we could share similarities with our mental health journeys, with how we saw ourselves, um, our integrity, things like that was really, really meaningful to me. Well, that, that, that's great to hear. And I think, you know, whether it's podcasting or writing or whatever it may be, I think when you can put a personal touch onto it, I think that really resonates with the listeners and the readers, and we, we try to do that as much as we can here yeah. on the show. So uh, I'm going to follow that up with, with uh, another kind of challenging question, and hopefully you're ready for it, and then I'll throw it back to Joe. So uh, you have a unique perspective 
uh, not only as a, as a female pro wrestling fan, but also as an African-American uh, uh, pro wrestling fan and now journalist uh, in a certain uh, text context. So I, I have to ask you, and maybe the, the topic's a little dated, but I, I do definitely want to get your perspective on it. I know about two months ago, like the hot topic of that month was the whole situation uh, surrounding Jordan Miles, the shirt, mm. and all that. Um, yeah. Were you privy to that situation? Not, not extensively, but, I mean, were you aware of it? And what were your thoughts on it overall? Because I imagine you have a little bit of a different perspective than your typical Midwest wrestling fan. Yeah. Um, so it's the whole situation isn't funny, but it was kind of funny when I woke up because um, I remember waking up on a Saturday um, going through my social media rounds and seeing that. And the first thing I did was jump on Facebook and say, my dissertation just wrote itself. Um, because it, <laughs> it was like the perfect follow-up to um, the, the piece that I had been working on. Um, it was the, the piece that I had referenced about um, with my African-American women's lit class um, that, you know, uh, went from talking about the history of, um, you know, black performers, and I hesitate to call them performers because it was exploitation in the human zoos and the carnival circuit um, in the 19th century with Sarah Bartman um, and how racial spectacle has gone from the 19th century to the present day of professional wrestling. Um, and well, it's I, definitely I thought a lot that, more subtle now. It's more subtle, but yeah. it definitely still exists. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, that, and what was so um, unbelievable about that was everything has been really subtle until that shirt. <laughs> Cause I saw that and I thought, okay, so all the people who, um, you know, have been kind of asking me the follow-up of, well, where do you see black performers in pro wrestling today? Um, because in my paper, I write about the 1980s um, with a focus on Kamala. Um, so a lot of them are interested in, you know, what's happening now in, you know, 2019. Um, so having that, um, as such a bold example of, you know, the problem still exists. Um, you know, it, it felt terrible, but it felt good knowing that I have a reason to be concerned about these issues and that I have, um, you know, more people who want to talk about this and who feel like this is a conversation that needs to be had um, in today's professional wrestling landscape. Absolutely love that, and I know the insight um, that you bring to the game, like I said, is a little bit different than what you're going to get typically, and I highly encourage everybody uh, to check out Scholar and Elbow, but I don't want to be selfish and take up all the time because I do have a <laughs> bunch of more questions. Um, I was very excited to get the opportunity to talk with you, but I am going to throw it over uh, to my partner in crime over there, Nightmare Jones. Uh, Jonesy, what else you got uh, for Tamaya? Joe, are you there? I do, and uh, I'm here, and uh, thank you for uh, <laughs> uh, uh, sending it back to me. Um, what I wanted to, to talk about is a a topic that, that, that recently happened in professional wrestling. I don't know if you keep up with, with, the, uh, 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 with the new topics, but uh, Ring of Honor wrestler Kelly Klein was actually mm. fired from Ring of Honor recently after she uh, spoke out about uh, wrestlers' health. And, and I just wanted to know what your your thoughts 
of, of, about that that was? I have a lot of thoughts about that. Um, <laughs> I, um, I guess I have a very strong moral compass, and I'm not representative of a lot of professional wrestling fans um, in that, trust me, I love pro wrestling, but um, when I feel like maybe my, my sense of morality or ethics has been betrayed, um, I lose a lot of faith in a company. Um, and to me, that um, has made me look at Ring of Honor a lot different. Um, Ring mm-hmm. of Honor really was my first entry into um, learning what it meant to love pro wrestling. Um, you know, in junior high, high school, seeing that there's a world outside of what's on television um, completely blew my mind. Um, and to see that, I guess, everything that I, as a naive fan, assume that the company stood for um, doesn't seem to have meant much when you can degrade someone who puts all of their heart into um, their work, into being a face for your company, um, you know, even just the audacity to um, kind of pretend like the fans don't know what's happening behind the scenes. Um, Cause I, I don't know. I, I feel a great sense of um, injustice has been done toward Kelly Klein, toward um, the women of the company, to the performers in the company, um, and especially to the fans who really, really want to support, um, you know, this company that we followed through thick and thin and even more thin, right? Um, but, yeah, there's just a lot of things that need to be answered um, a lot of changes that need to be made, and I'm I'm really I'm really pulling for Kelly Klein because um, I I think she's absolutely wonderful, and I, I'm so proud that such an underdog um, really put her career on the line um, to speak out to protect other people um, wrestling for you know unfortunately uh, execs like those of Ring of Honor. I can not have said it better my my <laughs> myself and, and, and then I think that 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 the main thing is that, that she wasn't fired by a phone call. She wasn't fired by, you know, coming into the office. She was fired by email and I want to get Renee's thoughts on this topic as well because it is a pretty hot topic recently. Mhm. Well um, my perspective is simple, guys. I, I, I'm gonna first off, like we, uh, like I did with the whole Mauro Ronaldo conversation. I'm gonna just go ahead and mm. say I don't have all the facts uh, at my fingertips, so um, it, it's hard to have like a hardline stance on the whole situation. But what I can say is that I don't think anybody's taken a bigger uh, kind of plummet in such a short period of time than Ring of Honor has. Um, From the Jordan Miles situation where he talked about Ring of Honor and, you know, he brought up Jay Lethal, who's their longest reigning champion of all time, and the whole Kelly Klein situation, I guess how I feel about it is like this. If they're being negligent about the health of their superstars and they're not properly equipped to handle injuries 
and they're not diagnosing things in the proper amount of time, then they might as well go ahead and close up shop. Because the guys and girls that perform, as all of us know, as a commentator, as, as, as somebody who's a writer, and you, as Joe, as a referee, that is the number one priority because the greatest wrestler in the world is nothing if he doesn't have his health. And so if we're not prioritizing that, we're not only doing our company a disservice, we're doing the company as a whole and the industry as a whole a huge disservice. So I would like to say that I'm extremely disappointed in Ring of Honor if the reports are factual, and I really do hope that somebody gives her uh, what she deserves. Because let's be honest, Kelly Klein does not need Ring of Honor as badly as Ring of Honor needs Kelly Klein. Because all their top talent are now on AEW, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and NXT. I hate to say it that way because I've always been a Ring of Honor fan, but they've lost all their talent. And if you want to retain the little bit of talent that you have, you have to treat them not like assets, but like valuable members of your family. And I think based on the reports, they're failing to do that. And we may just be seeing the beginning of the fall of one of the longest-running promotions in, in North American history, Ring of Honor, if I'm not mistaken, they've been going about 20, 25 years at this point. So let's hope that's not the case. Hopefully they can button things up and, you know, go back to being kind of that underground promotion that everybody loves. But let me tell you something right now to Maya and Joe, that competition is fierce, and they're going to have to make some big-time changes if they want to stay relevant in this landscape. Absolutely. Well, I definitely agree with that. that yeah. My thoughts. Go um, ahead, Joe. And, and my last question before I, I, I throw it back to Renee is um, I was going through the Scholar and Elbow Facebook uh, that 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 you had, and you were talking about how in your classes they were talking about storytelling through music and mm-hmm. how you incorporated professional wrestling is you had them listen to a bunch of uh, theme songs, you know, from The Undertaker, The Evil Doing, oh, yeah. to uh, Steven Regal, uh, and so what made you, you think of, 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 of doing that, you know, to the point where where they, they, they had to match the picture with the theme with the theme song? That is pretty clever. Okay. <laughs> so, um I, I teach uh English composition. Um so if you think about, you know, undergrad, you're a freshman in college, not all freshmen, uh so sometimes they're upperclassmen non-traditional students, but it's one of the required English classes that you have to take. Um, and whenever yeah. I, I get to talking about, you know, rhetoric or storytelling, I always think about pro wrestling. Um, and that's not something original that I've thought of. Other people have thought about it too. But for me, I thought, you know, um, having to listen to wrestling themes and, you know, form a character one, that's incredibly fun. Two, none of my students, um, maybe like, maybe I had three who knew The Undertaker, but they're not pro wrestling fans. And so I feel like if I can, if I can drive a point home um, and use professional wrestling, which they don't expect, um, they're going to believe what I say um, in that, you know, music can tell a story without words. Um, And, you know, we're going to have a lot of fun doing it. 
Absolutely. Wow. <laughs> that 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 is definitely clever. All right, uh, Renee, why don't you come in here with whatever final questions that you have? Well, you know what? I got one final question. And in doing our research, Tamaya, we learned that on top of being incredibly gifted and being an awesome writer, you're also a bit of a competitor that you like to compete. So after this question, i actually like to challenge you in a little bit of wrestling trivia in tonight's oh, no. edition of the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. My question is, oh. are you going to back down or are you going to throw down? I'm going to throw down. I'm going to lose terribly, but I'll throw down. <laughs> hey, the, the effort is what, what, what gets you over here, <laughs> not necessarily the winner or the loss. So my last yeah. question to you, my last question to you is this. If you could put a title or, or a theme uh, to to share with people as far as what it is that you're trying to accomplish and, and what you want people to take home when they read one of your articles, uh, what is that? What, what is the underlying message or, or, or um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Um, what is it that you're trying to convey overall with Scholar and Elbow? Is it appreciation for professional wrestling, writing, a combination of the two? How, how would you put that into words if you were trying to explain it to somebody and explain to them what it is that they get when they go uh, to Scholar Novo? I think it's um, definitely a combination of what you said, but as cheesy as this sounds, ultimately I want everyone to get the takeaway that we are all scholars um, because I, I find it so often that there are so many wrestling fans who have these great takes about professional wrestling, um, these awesome insights, uh, because there are people who write about professional wrestling in an academic context. Um, you know, there's a, professional, there's a pro wrestling um, studies association with great writers, but just the average person can add so much to the conversation. Um, and by bringing theory into it, it might be something that, you know, people who don't go to grad school and read, you know, Bell Hooks or, um, you know, Audre Lorde or Foucault, maybe they don't think about these things, but this is all knowledge that they already have. Um, and so I really just hope that it bridges a, a kind of perceived gap because I don't think that gap exists. I think that, you know, the person who doesn't think of themselves as a scholar is just as much of a scholar as the person who, you know, has the degrees. Um, and I think that people with degrees can also do readings of, um, you know, popular media, um, you know, professional wrestling, and look at it as literature, like I do, and look at it as a text in so many contexts. Um, so I really just want to promote this idea that, you know, we all have a lot more in common and a lot more to offer to all of these worlds that we tap into than I think people recognize and really celebrate. Wow, absolutely well said. Thank, thank you so much for sharing that with us. And I do want to encourage everyone to go over uh, to, to Facebook. Uh, you can listen to the show and go to Facebook at the same time. Um, Make sure you guys follow Scholar and Elbow on Facebook. Uh, Tamaya's got a Patreon, so if you want all the, the, the good stuff, the great, because she puts a lot of good stuff up, but if you want the really great stuff, 
make sure that you look her up on Patreon as well. Well, all that said, the pleasantries are done to my aid. It's time to get into competition, so I want you to get your knee pads, elbow pads, get into gear as we kick in to tonight's edition of the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first, well, welcome to, to this week's installment of the world famous Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Tonight's contest is scheduled for the best two out of three falls. Our contestants are the night out Renee Martinez and Scholar and Elbows Tamaya Greenlee. In a few moments, I will ask you three questions about a particular professional wrestling topic. Whenever you think you know the answer to the question, just shout out your answer. Tonight's podcast category is titled Wrestling Academia. I will give you background information on three wrestlers who have all have college degrees. When you think you know who I'm talking about, just shout out your answer. So, for instance, if I were to say... This wrestler was an accomplished graduate, uh, collegiate wrestler, graduated with a free law degree from Kent State University. He's won the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Dolph Ziggler would be correct. Renee would would have gotten the the point. So, (laughs) this rig, that that was too easy. No, 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 no. Okay, first of all, that was that was just that was just a sample question, right, Joe? That Mm. wasn't the official beginning of the contest. Yeah, I, I should have told you I'm a sore loser. <laughs> okay, all right. I, I can see that now. <laughs> all right. No, it's fine. It, it's all good. All right, Josie. But now you know how it works, Tamaya. You'll give us clues, okay. which I'm not privy to. By the way, Joe lives in West Virginia. I'm in Kansas City. So there's no signaling here, okay? We're in completely different sides <laughs> of the country, right? But, no, no, but I was just, just be joking. ready. No, so okay. as soon as you know the answer... As soon as you know mm. the answer, shout it out. Do not wait for him to finish. It's, it's, you got to be quick on the uh, trigger. Okay. All right. All right, let's go. I'm this ready. Current, this current WWE personality has a sports entertainment and event management degree from Johnson & Rails University. She has recorded multiple music albums and was also a former TNA knockout and WWE 24 champion. 24-7 champion alongside hmm. her husband, Mike Tanellis. Oh, Maria? Uh, Maria. Maria. Maria is correct. Damn it. So, ah. Tamaya has one point, <laughs> Tamaya has none. Oh, okay. <laughs> <all right. laughs> all right, question number two. This wrestler earned a degree in journalism from Red River Community College. He then went on to have a successful television writing and music career as well as winning championships in WCW, ECW, and the W... Chris Jericho is correct! Wow! (laughs) (laughs) Jemaya is is on fire! She is... That's two! I'm I'm sorry. Question number question... Wait, wait, okay, I'm going to say two things. One, if this if this contest had been about tacos, 
I've already won. No, and number two, way to pick a subject that 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 completely favors the guest, Joe. You're screwing me big time. You, she said she was a big Bret Hart fan. I'm feeling like I feel like Bret Hart right now, and I feel like I'm in Montreal. That's how I feel right now. All right. <laughs> Question number three. All right, let's go. This wrestler attended Clarion University and graduated with a degree in education in 1993. He's had an outstanding wrestling career in TNA, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and the WWE. He is a member of the Thayer's Hall of Fame, USA Wrestling Hall of Fame, the National Amateur Wrestling Hall of Fame, the International Sports Hall of Fame, and both TNA and WWE Hall of Fame. Kurt Angle is correct. I heard Tamaya first. Tamaya has left the night out. That was me. Wow. I just got murdered. Well, listen, I know know this isn't uh, uh, necessarily like the most eloquent thing to say, but I think there's only one way to, to, to sum up my performance on tonight's edition of the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. And since we couldn't bring you guys Hacksaw Jim Duggan tonight, we're going to go ahead and bring you a quick clip from the legendary Iron Sheik. Fucking bullshit! <laughs> <laughs> That's so messed up. Enter Timmy. Hit the music. Tamaya is the winner. Congratulations. Thank you. Here was your, your, your winning song.
too. <laughs> wow, she yeah, was good, dude. Man. She was quick on the trigger. She killed me. Yeah, she 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 was talking about how how uh how you you were gonna 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 kill her and yet she was on fire. Man. I think she was hedging her bet a little bit. <laughs> All right, well, Josie, um, and I think we had a little bit of an echo there, so let's see if we can get take care of that real quick. But listen, uh, huge thanks to everybody who contributed to the show today. I'm extremely sorry about what happened with Hacksaw. We're going to reach out to uh, his publicist, uh, who just happens to be Jake the Snake Roberts' daughter. Her name is Cody. She's a sweet lady. Uh, we're going to try to figure out exactly what happened tonight. Uh, I know just based on our conversations, it was it, it probably had something to do with some sort of uh, emergency. Uh, so if everything works out, we're going to go ahead and maybe try to reschedule this again for next week. We'll keep you guys posted. Make sure you follow us on all social media platforms. That's at WrestleTalkCast. Again, at WrestleTalkCast. Or if you really want to simplify things for yourself, uh, just go over to WrestleTalkPodcast.com for all things WrestleTalkPodcast 24-7. Josie, another successful show. We promise that we'll be back next week. And, guys, we have some huge news coming up about where we're going to be in April 2020. You don't want to miss it because we're going to be hanging out with many uh, pro wrestling legends, and we're going to bring all of that content straight back to you, the WrestleTalk family. Once again, I am the Night Owl signing off on behalf of my partner in crime, Nightmare Jones. We love you. We thank you. Grace and peace to everybody. We will catch your stinking asses next week right here on the WrestleTalk Podcast, episode 2. 75.